We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. You may have noticed there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. So that can you see your coworkers cracking open at your 9 a.m. meeting? It isn't beer. It's liquid death. So why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable Tallboy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Drinking water from a freezing cold can is actually way more refreshing than a bottle. Trust me. Plus, it is way better for the environment and the economy. They're still, they're sparkling, mango chainsaw, buried alive, and my personal favorite, severed lime. And they are now armed with three grams of agave nectar for even more brutal flavor. So I'm going to enjoy this can of lime, and you can go get Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Tuesday, October fifth, 
25th, 2022. It's been a while. I'm rusty. Give me a break. Welcome to the Pack a Day podcast, every, everybody. I'm your host today. I'm Jacob Westendorf, uh, not joined by my namesake, usual compadre, Jacob Morley. Congratulations uh, to Morley as he got married this weekend. Uh, so he is enjoying being a newlywed. So congratulations to him for that. Am joined tonight by the publisher of Packer Report. And as you can see in the background, the North Dakota State Bison, that's probably uh, the one he's more willing to claim at this moment due to the state of the Green Bay Packers, Ross Uglum. Ross, welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? It's good um, to be here. Well, just, I don't know if it's good to be here, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in it the same as all of you, I guess. I Man, it, it's tough. And here's the, I guess here's where I want to start. So the Packers are now three and four. And Ross, I've known you for a long time, and you're the optimist of all optimists, most of the time at least. Uh, when we talk about, if you take the most optimistic view after or before this game against Washington, you could say, well, they lost a 5-1 Minnesota, fraudulent, by the way. Uh, the now 6-1 and one Giants, also fraudulent, by the way. And the New York Jets, who were 4-2 and two going into the game, and I believe they won yesterday, so they should be 5-2 and two now. Also, probably fraudulent. Whatever that's specific. Yeah. So I saw this tweet here. Those Vikings might be fraudulent, but they're going to be a fraudulent 13 or 14 win team. Listen to this, what they have left on their schedule. Seven of the final 11 quarterbacks, and they probably will beat Green Bay in in Green Bay unless something changes. They play Taylor Heineke, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Jared Goff, Sam Ellinger, Daniel Jones, and Dustin Fields. And maybe we take Daniel Jones off that list. I I don't know. But But it's... The, the fraudulent Vikings are about to have a real non-fraudulent record. Yeah. Here in tune. They're the 2019 Packers. It's, I mean, it certainly feels that way. Yeah, so you look at that. The optimist of optimist view, though, is they've lost to only good teams. And, you know, they beat Chicago. And then they beat Tampa Bay. And they beat, you know, those. And Tampa Bay, apparently, that isn't even a good win anymore. They stink, too. So if that's the optimist of optimist view. The joke I made yesterday is, well, the good news is that the Washington Commanders are a juggernaut and the Packers lost to them uh, with by two, but not a game that was competitive in the box score. And it was 23 to 14 with what, three minutes left or something like that. You had to stop Taylor Heineke to get the ball back to have a chance to get a game winning field goal. And of course, predictably, they did not. What is after that game, your confidence level? And granted, this is Monday you know, we're recording this on a Monday. So I'm asking for maybe a little overreactionary take. And I certainly am open to suggesting that that might be what we're doing, but what is your confidence level that they can turn this around after what is very, very likely to be a three and five start after getting hammered in Buffalo by the bills on Sunday night. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know what, um, I don't know. I don't know what confidence in what confident. I mean, well, they're not winning the division. We just talked about that. So, right. so yeah, I mean, it's a two out of 10. Like, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's in the division, whatever. Like, we've talked ad nauseum about how little the division championships under Matt LaFleur have meant because of how the season ends. So, if they don't mean much while you're winning them, they don't mean much while you're not winning them. You know, um, what – what's my confidence level that they could become the seven seed and pull a 2011 giants. I, I don't know. You know, um, I, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is like they could get healthy on offense. Uh, you know, Randall Cobb could come back. Um, Christian Watson could, could get rid of this hamstring thing. 
David Bakhtiari could become himself again. Elton Jenkins could become himself again, maybe even specifically after the bye. Uh, I, I think there's a path forward for the offense. You know, Rodgers goes into R-E-L-A-X mode one last time, and I know Devontae's not there, but uh, Dubs, you know, confidence grows, and, and you get Dubs and Watson and Cobb and Lazard all out there, all healthy in that. That offense was at least, you know, workable you you you've, you saw flashes of that even in the Giants game that they lost before Watson hurt his hamstring on the the play that he got held and nobody called any penalties um that like I think you could get your way maybe not to a 2010 offense but to an offense that's functional and obviously not the, to the point of a 2011 offense but the problem is, is that the 2010 defense isn't walking through that door like nobody's hurt on the defense everybody's playing it just they're coached poorly and they're coordinated poorly and on a like the the plan is bad and the the teaching is bad and there's a chance that some of the players are bad like there's a chance that some of what we thought was you know were excellent decisions maybe maybe just aren't um darnell savage may never make it adrian amos may be over the hill uh this is a weird week to say it, but Devondre Campbell might not have been worth the, the money they paid him. Quay Walker might have been a bad pick. You can go kind of down the line with this. Rashawn Gary might be a one-trick point. It's a hell of a trick, but if he doesn't set an edge at some point in the next calendar year here, I'm going to lose my mind. So, um, you know, a lot of uh, – I don't have faith that the defense can get any better because I think the coordinator stinks – and I don't know that the talent can overcome that. Um, I don't know that there's some magic. Like I could, you could walk me into the offense revitalizing itself with, you know, Roger. It's it's not like he was good three years ago. The freaking MVP last year, and, and he's been bad. I don't want to. I don't want to come on here and say, oh, you know, people. Are, he has been bad. He himself has has been bad. But his form is last year. It, he, he was the most valuable player in the league last year, not in 2018. So it's not like you're reaching for some fountain of youth. You just got to get kind of back to where you were. And, um, you know, maybe it's a slow start to the sea. Like, I don't, don't, you know, do ayahuasca all summer and spring and not show up to OTAs and all those kind of things. And maybe you'll have faster starts to the season. But I, you can talk me into reasons that the offense could get back to a little above league average. I'll, I'll buy that. I'm not buying the defense, by the way, to win a title. If you have a slightly above average offense, you better have elite defense and special teams. And you're never going to talk me into that for this, this group. You're not. So no, and their I, special I teams is better like this year, but it's still bad. Like they're still bad. They've is. been, they fumbled a punt yesterday. They won't replace the punt returner that continues to fumble punts. They had a punt. They were what? They they blocked a field goal or the they blocked a punt. Yeah. The worst thing about that Amari thing too is like he's not explosive. No. He, he there are I've I've lived through punt returners that are fun and terrifying, but it's only terrifying one way with Amari. Like you're not it's not like Deshaun Jackson where he drops a punt, picks it up, and goes and returns to the house. Ain't, Amari's never getting to the house. No. So no. What and yesterday they had what what was it they they had a penalty inside the ten in Green Bay like 
took the penalty and made them punt again. And it's like, you're going to give Amari Rogers another chance to jack this up. That's incredible to me that they would even think that way. Yeah. And so for me, honestly, um, I just would probably get somebody, even if you're just fair catching, get somebody back there that you really trust to secure the football. Like that year that they had old Tremont Williams, not young Tremont Williams, old Tremont Williams go back and fair catch important punts. That might be a place that they're at. I don't know. And that could be, and it it might, my thing about it is, is like we were talking pre-show and you were like, well, you know, who else do they have that they can put back there? And I was like, there's got to be, there has to be a veteran that has done this before. And like you said, I'm not asking him to be Alan Rossum. I'm not asking him to be Micah Hyde from 2014. I'm asking him to catch the ball and promise me that when the other team punts, that the Packers are going to end up with the football at the end of the punt. And I can't feel that way right now with Amari Rogers. And like you said, it's not like there's somebody said the other day, like, is he the new version of Jeremy Ross to which my response was Jeremy Ross was explosive. Like there were times where you like stood to the edge of your seat and thought he might house this thing. Yeah. Amari's never had that. He's never had that on offense. He's never had that on defense. He's never had that on, well, obviously not on defense. He's never had that on special teams either. He's just never looked like an NFL player. And that's not to pile on to Amari Rogers. I just don't understand and that's where like some of my struggle comes with the team as a whole, the fascination that this coaching staff has as a whole with players that aren't very good. And frankly, that is more so on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, you can see it's basically the same guys playing. The only interchangeable piece is like, do they play Rudy Ford instead of Quay Walker since everybody's been healthy? And obviously the defensive linemen rotate in and out. But I don't think there's any glaring issues on the defensive line rotation maybe you'd like that Devontae Wyatt could play more since he's a first round pick and he's 29 years old or however old he is, but that's not fascination with bad players in front of him. It's guys that have either done it for them before or been relatively good. Like Jerron Reed, um, the offensive side of the ball. However, Amari Rogers is a guy like that. He doesn't play much offense, but he is out there on special teams. Royce Newman, Jake Hansen, like it took injuries and desperation for them to play a guy that, and granted we're just guys on the internet, but guys on the internet said, Zach, Tom, why not give him a look? And in his first game, he plays better than maybe any game Royce Newman has ever played, especially true in the past set. The Packers limited that front to one quarterback hit and it was late in the game. So, and that's without David Bakhtiari to me, that group is relatively solid, but they have a coaching staff that is, unwilling, unable, whatever it is. I'm not sure what the deal is with the offensive line because Matt LaFleur is really smart, I think. Adam Stenovich is really smart, I think. Luke Butkus, by extension, really smart, I think. But they've had an odd loyalty to players that just aren't it. And when you look at, like, before the season, the first week of the season, they don't have Elton, they don't have Bakhtiari. That's a bad position for anyone to be in. But they started both of those guys. They started Royce Newman and Jake Hansen. And it was very obvious pretty quickly i think that those like one royce newman's not a right tackle and jake hansen shouldn't be doing anything other than playing center like he's worse than lucas patrick is at guard and a center only like the way lucas patrick should be in that way so my confidence level you said two i mean yeah what am i saying like a wild card playoff team two is appropriate and like you said that's basically based around things that i don't know if they exist anymore You know, you were talking about Aaron Rodgers and just getting back to his form from last season. 
I don't know if he can. I don't know if the group around him is good enough. I don't know if they're coached well enough um, on the offensive side of the ball. And then you get to a defense that we talked about this a lot. Ross, you and I might have been the only one saying like, hey, this defense wasn't good last year. And the blueprint for this team is supposed to be having a defense that wasn't good to be, like I said, the 2013 Seattle Seahawks or 2010 Packers, whatever you get from, you know, the 2018 Chicago bears, whatever way you're looking at it. And now you're looking at not only are they poorly coached and are things poorly executed, even when they get something drawn up, right. They get pressure with Kenny Clark yesterday. One of their best players, Taylor Heineke throws up a prayer for at Jair Alexander. Yeah, absolutely. Closes his eyes, throws up a prayer at Jair Alexander and Alexander gets beat. And you've got guys that Eric Stokes not having a good season. Darnell Savage, like I said, might never make it. Adrian Amos may not be it anymore. Drake Campbell, Quay Walker, Gary and Preston have both been solid. But I mean, every mistake for them is killer. The Stokes thing bothers me a little bit because I I actually thought he played pretty well. And that was just the worst call I've ever seen. And the official, look, they didn't lose because of the refs. Although if that call doesn't get, overturned they are up 20 21 to whatever it was and anyway it doesn't matter the point is I, I stokes is gonna get a bad rap for that play which honestly i thought was ridiculous i thought that that uh the the tailback for washington initiated the contact and i thought that was just awful but whatever i'm sorry yeah and it That's, was it was you're right and it's and it's hard but i mean here's the thing is stokes may have but played stokes well yesterday. against minnesota and yeah i know yeah there's a, there's other games that way and the packers have just they have a bunch of pieces and it seems like every mistake, and this is the problem on both sides of the ball. Every mistake is a killer. As soon as they took the touchdown for Rasul Douglas off the board, I said, I know Washington is scoring. Lo and behold, they did the Packers. If it's first and 20, if they get a holding penalty on first down, just punt. Cause you're not picking up a first down unless there's a defensive penalty or just a complete drop in coverage or something by the defense, but they can't sustain anything. Stokes has he has taken a significant step back. I mean, I'm just looking at some of his very raw PFF numbers, not his grading. His grading stinks, but like he's given up 87% of the balls thrown his way for 13 yards a catch. I I, I don't know what to tell you after that. I don't know. Almost 90% of the time, throw it towards Stokes' guy and he's going to get a first down is basically what those those numbers mean. That's tough and that's hard. And when you No, no INT, no PBU. No. No. And then like, that's the other thing is until yesterday, they weren't making plays on the ball. And frankly, like they still should have had, they ended up with one turnover that counted yesterday and they should have had probably three or four more. Like Heineke was throwing YOLO balls in the first quarter and just nothing to show for it. So his his passer rating against as a rookie last year was 79.1, which is not prime Namdi Asamoah or prime Revis, but in this day and age, second corner, that's really oh, good. In this day and age, most QBs are upper up, upper nineties, low one hundreds in passer rating. So seventy nine point one is great. Eric Stokes' passer rating against this year is one twenty nine point seven. One fifty eight point three is perfect for those of you that don't right. know that. That's that's twenty eleven Rogers every time you throw the ball at Eric Stokes. I'm not sure about you guys, but it still catches me off guard when I walk down the water aisle at the grocery store and see these new tall boys that look like beer chilling out in the middle of the bottled water section. Of course, it's not actually beer. It's liquid death, 
a new mountain spring water from the Alps that's available in still, sparkling, and three unique flavors. But why is it called Liquid Death, you may ask? Well, it's because Liquid Death donates 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Even better is that the use of their aluminum Tallboy cans is also helpful, as aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. Friends, bottled water has always been boring to me, but there's absolutely nothing boring about Liquid Death. I love the crisp, refreshing pop of the can when I open it, and the water simply tastes better in a can than it does out of a bottle. Add in their three unique flavors. Personally, I love the lime, and the overall experience is infinitely better than any other water product. Plus, it just looks so much cooler holding a tall boy labeled Liquid Death that looks like you're holding a crisp, refreshing beer. So do me a favor and go get Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or you can find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, and that's hard. And that, and that's like that's the thing. And again, it goes back to, to me, and when we talk about you know playing the blame game and we talk pre-show, sometimes the answer is just everything, everyone. Like there are things that you can see that haven't gone well, but – Devontae Adams gets traded. Devontae doesn't want to be here anymore. He wants to go play in Vegas in front of his family for his childhood team. Fine, cool. I respect that. That is totally fine. Pivoting from there to then build your team's identity around two running backs, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, 
and a defense that has not been good in a decade to now all of a sudden be really, really good in 2022. And we talk about this all the time. How do you win? Like everybody can sit up here and say, oh, there's different ways to win and there's, you can do this and you run the damn ball and whatever other, you know, phrasing it is that people want to use. You're asking for an outlier. Like there's a reason the San Francisco 49ers were not just content. That is the ultimate defense and run the ball team with Jimmy Garoppolo. There is a reason that team traded a million picks to go get Trey Lance because they know if you want to be good consistently, and especially in this league where every single rule is tilted towards passing the ball, it would be the equivalent of if an NBA team right now built their team around prime Dwight Howard, and we're just going to dump the ball in the post all the time and let him shoot five footers and hope to not get run off the floor. Like that is what the Packers have done. They have tried to zag while everyone zigged and it is a bad plan. It was a bad plan. And I mean, granted I'm saying all this and I, I told you guys before the season, I, I picked the Packers to win 11 games. And I did that on the assumption that like Aaron Rodgers would still be able to do things. LaFleur would still be, and the offense would be, as Ross said, passable, functional, which they are not right now. But I never expected them to be a Super Bowl contender with that plan. And it doesn't help, especially when that is your plan. That is how your roster is built. And you don't get the ball in the hands of Aaron Jones enough. And A.J. Dillon, Ross, I don't know what your thoughts are on him, but A.J. Dillon looks like he's running in cement, man. Dude, it's bad. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he got dinged up during camp. I don't know. It's bad. And, yeah, I don't know. And like, and he was never going to be like a – like you're not going to hand him the ball and see you 50 yards down the field. Like his explosive runs are going to be, you know, 20 yards at a top. Maybe run through a couple guys. There will be a few right. prime. You break like, three or four tackles, yeah. And he's not doing that. He's not catching the ball. Like I think he's been bad in the passing game this year outside of pass protection. And the Packers just forget for a series at a time that Aaron Jones even exists. And and part of that is because, like LaFleur said in his presser today, when you're at first and 20, second and 16, like you can't run the ball because you're basically conceding that, okay, well, we're going to punt because we're that far behind the chains. And that's another thing. The Packers have absolutely zero margin for error. If something goes wrong, then they're in really bad shape. And I think that one of the issues that I want to talk to you about is everyone, and these are Twitter narratives, so just take them for what they are, but they talk about, oh, the Packers make a mistake and then they turtle and they become a shell of themselves. It's like, I think that's incredibly arrogant thinking because in 2020, sure, totally fair. Even last year, totally fair. That is an offense in 2020 that was the best in the league. That is an offense last year that was in the top five in the league. This year's offense is not that. And to say a mistake causes them to completely turtle, I think they're just kind of performing to maybe not what they are, but what they are or what they will be, but what they are right now. And what they are right now is a team with injured offensive linemen working their way back. They shuffle their offensive line every week under talented wide receivers that aren't being used well and a $50 million quarterback that's not playing well enough. So what, what is your take on just kind of all of that discourse? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I'm, I'm in a tough spot because I would have let Aaron Jones walk, and I would have handed his job to Kylan Hill or whomever. Like, I don't, like, I'm not, 
I wouldn't ever burn a second round pick and a second contract on a running back. It just it couldn't be me. So I disagree with this team philosophically in a lot of ways. Um, and it's funny because I have a very like Ted Thompson view of roster building and arguably towards the end of the McCarthy era, I think he missed on some stuff at premium positions, Quentin Rollins, Demarius Randall, and that caused problems in the future. Um, but like burning a second round pick on AJ Dillon, a third round pick on Josiah DeGuara, a first round pick on Quay Walker. Like those are things I would just never do. So for me, it's tough because I disagree philosophically with a lot of what they've done, frankly. Now, granted, I love the Christian Watson pick. I loved the, I loved the Devontae Wyatt pick. Um, I was fine with the Stokes pick. I thought it was a little bit of a reach, but it's still at a premium position. I, but, but like I said, I would have, I would have absolutely used Aaron Jones's money somewhere else. I think, you know, I don't know that last year's defense, and of course, Kylan Hill blew his knee to shreds, but I don't know that last year's offense is that much different with Devontae Adams in position. And if the two running backs are Kylan Hill and A.J. Dillon instead of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and that is not to disparage Aaron Jones at all. I just, I don't know how much it matters in this year's NFL. I mean, you uh, look at how good the Chiefs are. They never have a, a functioning running back, even though they burned a first-round pick on uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, the, the uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers have done a million things, even though they keep desperately trying to burn high capital on running backs like Christian McCaffrey, like, you know, burning high picks on Trey Sermon, whatever. Their best team was Raheem Mostert's show at the tailback position. I, you know, I could kind of go on and on how good Buffalo is. I, who is Buffalo's starting running back? I don't even, I, I don't know. Exactly. Uh, Devin Singletary, and I think right. I only know that because I tried to trade for him in fantasy. Yeah, so. but I mean, like I just I wouldn't build a team that way. I just wouldn't. I it, I wouldn't do it. So we're I'm diff, I differ philosophically with what they've got going on a lot of the times. Anyway, you know, I I just I wouldn't do it that way. I, I would pass rushers, left tackles, quarterbacks, corner cornerbacks, and then. Maybe sprinkle some wide receivers in there. Like that's what I am about. I don't. I don't really off ball linebacker. No thank you. Tailback. No thank you. Fullback. Tight end. Hybrid guy. No thank you. I, I mean, the guy, it's all, they won't even put him on the field. Like he's a top one hundred pick, and he can't even get on the field. Yeah, he's, I don't like, know. he's not. He's not playing enough. And it's not like the Packers are. Like Jermichael Finley's not playing tight end. They no, don't have not, an explosive right. and it's, player. It's, tight end. it's not like they've got the Fab Five out there where they just have you know Jordy and Cobb and Devontae and James Jones, and they have to they have to work in these wide receivers. They don't have to work in these wide receivers. Like like no. they, there's heavy package stuff that could go on. I yeah I I don't know. Could and should frankly because with the personnel on this offense, that is their best path to and victory I, at this. And point. I'll say right that now. I'll, I'll say this. I, I think, you know, it, you in this Twitter world, I am not in, in, in any way suggesting or wanting to move on from Matt LaFleur. They, they need to find a new defensive coordinator as soon as they're able. But the same goes for Brian Gutekunst, even though the Stokes pick might not work out and, and whatever. Like, I... I, the Jordan Love thing, I can never forgive. But outside of that, 
I mean, there have been enough good signings and good picks along the way where this could be more of a learning experience and you move forward and he does get the chance to build whatever this team is going to be post Aaron Rodgers. I don't necessarily want to move on from Brian and have someone else do that build. Um, but I think there, there do have to be things that are learned from where, how you got to this place. Yeah. And one of those things I, I tweeted about last week after my thread that made me friends with a lot of Packers Twitter, uh, I, I suggested that, and I wrote it for Packer report, so I can't even hide from it. It's still out there. It's published. It's written. I wrote it the day after the Packers lost the 49ers. I said it was time to trade Aaron Rodgers, And that is not a unpopular take amongst media types. It doesn't seem, I know Andy Herman is certainly on that wagon. He's talked about it quite a bit. And that's not a representation of my belief in Jordan love. I've told you guys again, same website I wrote for Packer report. I had him as a C prospect when they drafted him in the first round, not a fan. Don't like to pick before they made it. Don't understand why they, all that stuff. But what I talked about after that is one of my concerns with Gutekunst long-term. And this isn't for me to say, like he's built three thirteen win rosters. That is a thing that happened. He helped hire Matt LaFleur. That is a thing that happened. And those are good things, objectively, especially when you consider we were having a lot of these same conversations in 2018, but it felt like a much darker time because you just didn't know what the future held. Now you can at least have some recent past success where you can be like, okay, you know, this guy's still pretty good. That guy's still good, stuff like that. The issue I have with Brian Gutekunst is what appears to be over since 2019 a lack of direction. And here's what I mean by that. So 2018, he gets hired. He basically does the Ted Thompson thing. Cut this guy, cut that guy, clean up the cap, fire the head coach, pick my own guy, all that stuff. All those things happen. 2019, he spends a boatload of money. The Smith brothers, Adrian Amos, Billy Turner. That is a push your chips to the center. We are in to win right now type of move. Spends two first round picks on Gary and Savage, picks another uh, starter in the second round in Elton Jenkins. They get to the NFC title game they realize they don't belong on the same field as that San Francisco team. Okay. Then he drafts Jordan Love, which is a blatant look to the future type of move. Aaron Rodgers responds by winning the MVP. The Packers play a home NFC championship game against the Tampa Bay Bucks, a team they're better than. They don't win. Okay. Brian Gutekunst spends that entire offseason essentially begging Aaron Rodgers to come back and play for this Packers team pushes all the money out into the future, does all the things that everyone has said that they've never done before, doesn't spend a ton of money in free agency because of the issue that is the quarterback contract situation, but keeps everyone together when, honestly, under Ted Thompson, I bet you some of the guys they kept, Preston Smith, Billy Turner, just to name a few guys, probably wouldn't have been on the team. Another all-in type of move. They go and they lose to San Francisco, in the divisional round the next year, regress from the year prior. And he goes in the offseason. They give a $50 million contract extension to Aaron Rodgers, a we are winning right now type of move. Devontae Adams says he doesn't want to be here, so they trade him for draft picks, which is all they could trade him for. They couldn't trade him for players. That's a collective bargaining agreement rule. Then uses those four picks to turn them into three to pick a guy who, Ross, you yourself said, Christian Watson is going to be wide receiver four at best in his first season. Devontae Wyatt, they're redshirting him. And Quay Walker is somebody who even at his peak of peak in rookie season is going to take a while. They're taking guys and using their draft approach as drafting 
for the future, which in a general sense is a very good thing. It's the reason the Packers have been successful as long as they have. However, when you sign the 38-year-old quarterback and give him $50 million and compromise, mortgage the future, whatever phrase you want to use for the salary cap, you cannot have your solution to the Devontae Adams-less offense be the two running backs that we drafted, which is a 1998 kind of thinking, and a bad veteran, Sammy Watkins, which, I mean, okay, that's a little bit of rhetoric by me there, and two rookies who... Yes, Romeo Dobbs has shown some nice things. Absolutely. Christian Watson, it's at least very apparent that you can see the tools. But that was never going to be enough to fix this offense and make it championship level while also saying the defense on that side of the ball, you're picking guys and hoping for long-term stuff. I just don't understand. Gutekunst has attempted to continuously try to have, and not only that, Ross, you've asked this before, why the hell is Jordan Love still here? Like once you give the quarterback an extension, you get Jordan Love for a bag of footballs. Like that is something you got to trade him for guys that are going to help you win right now. And that is the direction that they took. And Gutekunst to me since 2019 doesn't seem to know what direction he wants to took. My opinion, I don't care what you do. If you want to go the Jordan love route, not the route I would have gone, but if you want to go that Jordan love route, then you got to commit to that. If you're going to go the Aaron Rodgers route, which is the route you chose, you got to commit to that too. And if he's too much in the middle for me over the last, especially three years. And he's been put in a tough spot too. I think you know with Rogers bears a lot of the blame for, for that. But but I'm not saying it was handled perfectly either. You know I think that original mess was largely of Murphy and Gutekunst making. Um, uh, and I don't think anybody's blameless. I don't think there's any reason for black and white. But I I, I will say too, like I said, I don't know if I said it on Pack a Day, but I did say it on on the radio in Wisconsin. Um, you know I would personally have picked one of or excuse me i would not have picked between rogers and adams i either would have had them both neither both or neither that was my take and they didn't do it and now they're kind of stuck in the middle i mean i i would have bottomed out is what i would have done um you could have sold people on the future you could have given jordan love a real look like a real honest look before you had to do some nonsense with a 50-year option that he doesn't deserve and and shouldn't get at 20 million dollars for a year uh, and, and so I would have absolutely tried to get, you know, three ones and two twos for the two time defending MVP because you weren't going to be a whole lot worse than you are now. <laughs> you know, I mean, where are they going to be two and five instead of three and four right now? Whatever. I don't care. I, you know, probably get, get you closer to either a game changing pass rusher, pass protector or pass defender or potentially Jordan Love's replacement. Exactly. Get you, you know, into the Bryce Stroud territory or whomever I am, you know, uh, the kid for Ohio state or what, again, I don't, I, it's, I don't have time to do everything. Like I'll get to the draft when I get to the draft, but um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, especially at the number that Rogers ended up signing for. I don't know that there is another window unless he legitimately commits to playing until he's 40, 41 years old. Cause you, you can figure that out just in the sense that the TV contract that the NFL is about to sign is going to rescue the Packers from their financial stupidity. That rescue is coming. Um, but when you're stuck, not knowing whether Rogers is going to play through 2022 through 2023 or through 2026, that it's, it makes things hard. It makes it, it makes things a little bit more complicated, but I got to move on with my life tonight here, Jacob. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that. Uh, appreciate you guys stopping in tonight. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at Pack a Day Podcast. 
Uh, they tell you all the time that things are never as good or bad as you think they are. So if this didn't make you feel any better, I do apologize on that front, but I don't know how much sunshine and rainbows I can give to you, especially when uh, the Packers play the best team in the NFL on Sunday. And I can't find it in me for a nobody's underdog type moment. I can't find it in me for R-E-L-A-X, like, you know, whatever you want to, whatever the things that have happened over the last, you know, 10 plus years. But uh, yeah, Packaday Podcast on Twitter. You can follow me. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. You can follow Ross. He's at Ross Uglum. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, hopefully the whole gang and uh, be ready to talk about the Packers getting ready for the Detroit Lions and, and starting into November. So until next time, thanks for listening. Follow, rate, write, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we'll see you guys next time. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.